baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Officers down. Those words repeated over police radios this morning. Three Philadelphia SWAT officers shot, gunned down this morning. This is life as a cop in Philadelphia. A day on the job, and you end up in the hospital. This is what's happening in real time. A developing story I've been covering. Police say these shots rang out while officers... In the line of duty, on the job, serving this morning a homicide arrest warrant. This happened on the 800 block of 10th Street, 10th and Brown. The latest on the officers, their conditions as they were rushed to the area hospitals. Uh, they are Their conditions are stabilized. We have that word. There was a news conference within the past hour. So let's listen in to the latest, the latest on this breaking news story this morning. All right. Uh, good morning. So just uh, just after 6 a.m., uh, SWAT officers were at the location of the 800 block of North 10th Street uh, attempting to serve a warrant on a, an, an individual that was wanted for a homicide and a suspect in multiple uh, armed robberies in Central Division. Upon uh, approaching the location, attempting to uh, knock and announce, uh, they were fired upon by this suspect through the door and through the window. Officers were able to continue to breach the, the property where they took on more gunfire from this individual, striking one officer in the leg, one officer in the hip, and the other officer in the upper chest uh, after the bullet kind of ricocheted off of his, his vest. Um, at that point, the, the suspect ran through the property, attempting to flee out of the rear of the property, at which point in time, uh, SWAT officers that contained that property in the rear, in the rear of the property uh, began to engage that suspect. After the suspect began to fire at them, they returned fire, ultimately striking the suspect. Um, our officers were transported here, uh, where, uh, again, uh, the hospital staff did a, a tremendous job working on them, um, and the suspect was transported to Temple Hospital, where he was pronounced at 7.32 a.m. Um, the two of our officers um, will be uh, released hopefully by the end of the day, and the other officer will be uh, admitted for some uh, continuous uh, observation. Uh, Commissioner Outlaw spoke to the officer. She is away at Major City Chiefs uh, event, which all chiefs in the, in, in the country are, are at this weekend and so uh, this week. And so she spoke to the officers this morning. Uh, was able to uh, again extend her her thoughts and prayers with them, um, but. As the mayor said, this is ridiculous. I mean, this is within a, a few days we had officers fired upon in East Division, um, and now we have officers that are shot. Uh, this is something that these officers sign up to do a job, is to protect and serve, but not to take gunfire. And, and at some point, it becomes enough. And, and I think we've already passed that point where, where it's enough. And, and we need that anger to, to resonate across the citizens of this city as well, because it's not a day that goes by that we don't either have a child that's shot or multiple people shot because there are too many people that are out here carrying guns and they don't have consequences. And so some of these people need to be in jail. And that's the bottom line. And that's the consistent thing that, the that we line. keep seeing. Right, well, and again, I'll leave you all Anthony, to point I'm going to cut fingers, out of this as we are at 424 homicides in Philadelphia 
as of midnight last night. I know that that number um, has grown since then, so we'll look for those updated numbers. But a violent city with, it feels like the wild, wild west for those who protect and serve on the front lines. It feels like a war zone. And we will hope and pray that these officers, at least two of these SWAT officers injured, that they'll be released today. But remember, when you're shot in the leg or shot, you know, in the hip, the road to recovery is can be a long one. And I have talked to other officers, some of them who've, who've said, remember, when you are shot like this, the pay that they get when they have to recover at home, they're fighting with, with insurance to get the treatment and the recovery and the physical therapy so they can return to their normal life. But remember, they get 70% of their pay, which, I, which is unthinkable to me, that at some point when you're an officer injured like this, on the job, shot at by a, a suspect, a murder suspect, and that, that at some point during that recovery process, you only get 70% of your pay. I've talked to officers who've said that, talked about that, that the, the burden on the officer and the officer's family, a couple officers over the you know, past couple of years have told me uh, their wives got second jobs and the wife becomes, or the spouse, you know, becomes the, the caretaker. And then they've got a couple kids. You think of the burden and the stress on a family and that should, this should not be this way, but that's what's happening. So put this in perspective, what happened yesterday. In a moment, we'll talk about the latest on a, a real verbal spanking of District Attorney Larry Krasner, who was essentially called incompetent by a judge who threw out all the charges against a Philadelphia police officer who was accused of on murder charges and has been fighting for his freedom since 2017. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, but I want you th- to think about the context within which all of this is happening with these three officers shot, and one of them clearly more serious injuries, serious but stable condition. And uh, I love that, you know, the police department has thanked all of the medical staff, doctors and nurses taking care of these officers. But let's listen in. This is a, a, a family who I've talked about this week reacting to their 13-year-old child, and they want justice for him as he was gunned down on a city street and paying tribute to him. And this is a follow-up report for really what the family is saying, justice for Jeremiah, a middle school student, where his fellow classmates learned yesterday at school that Jeremiah would not be returning to grade school, middle school. So listen into this, this bereaved family grieving and calling out for justice for Jeremiah. So while police are looking for the person that shot and killed that 13-year-old, guidance counselors at his school tell me that students are grieving and sad and scared. He's keeping his name alive. There's there's no Jeremiah as he was, as a goofy, loving kid. And didn't didn't do nothing but just love his family. Family and friends of 13-year-old Jeremiah Wilcox want people to remember his name and to know that he is not just a statistic. He was original, you know, he was himself. He he was very outgoing, just so charismatic, you know. Um, he loved sports, he loved to hang out, he loved just to be funny, you know. We didn't expect this whatsoever. 
Police say the eighth grade student from Wagner Middle School was hanging out with friends about seven o'clock last night on the 6500 block of North Smedley when someone shot him in the head. He was taken to Einstein Hospital where he died a short time later. It's trauma. It's trauma. If you live in a community and you're having shootings and people that you might not know but you've seen them walking down the hall or playing basketball on the basketball court is dead now from multiple gunshot wounds what do you think the effect that's going to have on you? Members of Men Who Care and local leaders came to the school to support the staff and try to figure out what comes next in a city that continues to lose young people every day to gun violence. Many of them know this young kid. Um, some of them, I understand, were in the, in, in the area when this unfortunate killing took place. So we just want to offer our support, work with the school, work with this particular school, but work with the district overall because we're seeing more and more you know, the Roxborough tragedy, this tragedy. We're very concerned. It's, it's, it's egregious. It's unacceptable. And uh, we can do better. We've got to do better. Hope anybody who knows anything can come up and they can find the people who get them. You know, my cousin, he needs justice. And police are hoping for justice as well, so they're asking for the public's help. So if you know anything about this shooting, please call them immediately. Yes, so Jeremiah's killing comes just two weeks after 14-year-old Nicholas Elizalde was shot and killed right near Roxborough High School after a football scrimmage, and that's the reference that Jeremiah's family members were making there. So is, as far as Nicholas's killing, another, another kid who everybody, police investigators say, was another innocent kid killed in Philadelphia we don't have the suspects under arrest in that case, all of them. So the the search for those killers who've been identified by police via pictures on uh, from other surveillance video. And remember, I had reported to you that in the, the, the murder of Nicholas Elizalde, remember that now there are connections between killings, multiple shootings and killings, and the suspicion is growing by detectives that, in fact, the same group of shooters and killers are responsible for more than Nicholas's shooting. Remember, that was um, with regard to the search for the killer of a recent Temple grad that we had talked about. So I'm connecting all of these dots. Now let's let's think about what happened yesterday. This ruling came out, I know, just before 6 p.m. last night. To no surprise, I've done interviews on this. I've covered the case of former officer Ryan Pownall. I've covered this from the beginning, back when he was charged in 2017 for an on-duty shooting of 30-year-old David Jones. Notice in a lot of the coverage, by the way, they'll say, oh, former officer Ryan Pownall, uh, uh, you know, facing murder charges for shooting a black man. They never say the ethnicity of the officer. So it's a perspective that I'll bring to you that you you can't assume somebody's ethnicity. So what they should say is a white officer accused of shooting a black man. But it's just one of those little nuances that we talk about. So uh, Ryan Pownall had fought, has fought since 2017, fought for his name, fought for his freedom. Larry Krasner wanted to lock him up. And keep in mind, and we'll we'll play some audio for you on this story. You have audio, right, Anthony? So we, you don't have audio on that one? Okay, I'll need you to grab some if you could find, uh, um, if we could find a reporter package on that. 
but we have, this is a, a major case. I know that KYW was, for example, had interviewed Ryan uh, Pownell's attorney and his attorney speaking out after this, saying this was the right thing to do. But what happened here in court? And this is Judge Barbara McDermott. And she said there were so many things wrong with how prosecutors in Larry Krasner's office instructed the grand jurors before they considered the case. So this was all along the accusation in many of these cases involving on-duty officers being uh, being um, persecuted and prosecuted by Krasner. And the allegation that we heard was Krasner believed in manipulating the process. And that's exactly the bottom line of what this Philadelphia judge, Barbara McDermott, ruled, that the judge is essentially saying that Krasner's office acted in a way that was wrong and that misled the grand jury. And in fact, an ADA, assistant DA, had to testify and admitted as such. So the grand jury that recommended charges uh, said that Jones was no danger to anyone in his flight. That was Mr. Jones, the African-American man, who was, in fact, who was fleeing from police, did indeed have a firearm, but at some point threw it, threw the firearm down. That was what happened here. And so in this scuffle with an officer evading the law with an armed person who was, a you know, now at this point is a suspect, what they were saying was, well, the first shot was justified, because he had the gun, but once he threw the gun away, wasn't justified. However, how do you know that he doesn't have a second firearm? In any event, this this whole thing is being thrown out by the judge. All charges thrown out. We have the Fraternal Order of Police Lodge 5 President John McDesby releasing a statement saying the union is looking forward to fighting for former officer Pownall to be reinstated as a Philadelphia officer. He served on the force for 12 years prior to that shooting. So this is a case that, yes, is making national news. But in a Philadelphia court, the judge finding all kinds of procedures problematic, highly problematic, saying that the uh, instructions given to a grand jury were flawed. And in fact, Pownall's attorney speaking out saying it was more than a flaw, (laughs) These were manipulated. So we follow that story now since 2017. This has been going on. Now, the official Philadelphia Police Department uh, Twitter account appeared to be hacked early this morning. I always check their Twitter account. Happened about 3 o'clock this morning. And it's the at Philly Police handle if you follow them. And they're always um, tweeting out, for example, surveillance video of crimes, for example, and promoting various police events, especially in support of of those widowed or children whose parent was uh, protecting and serving and killed in the line of duty, that sort of thing. But early this morning, it was weird because the profile name changed to business helper. And then the profile photo turned to a woman sitting in front of a laptop and the account, you know, was, was now changed posting um, to a a business video maker. So luckily, it's something that we can chuckle about 
in, in the sense that it was nothing nasty or, or bad as far as that goes, but obviously concerning. And, and now they'll figure out how that hack could even happen. And yes, we have confirmed that President Joe Biden is going to be hosting a fundraiser with Pennsylvania Senate candidate John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor, in Philadelphia next week on October 20th. So that was actually, it came out during an interview on CNBC yesterday that I had seen. So now Biden coming here, campaigning for Fetterman, and all of this is happening as Republican rival Dr. Mehmet Oz is gaining ground in the polls. And obviously we're less than a month from the huge November 8th midterm election. So uh, Dr. Oz and Fetterman, that one's getting close, and Democrats hope to cling to their razor-thin majority in the, in the House chamber where parties are split 50-50. And then, of course, Vice President Kamala Harris gets a tie-breaking vote. That's on the House side of things. But it's also, you know, it, it, it's an it's, it's important key election here. Why? Because GOP Senator Pat Toomey is obviously retiring. And so now Democrats see an opening here, want to take over the Senate control. So it's uh, it's it's razor thin and it'll probably go down to the wire. And I will just say this, as we look at the polls, I want you to remember what happened in New Jersey. And so many of you have called in and said that you regretted that you did not head to the polls as a as somebody who maybe would have voted for Jack Cittarelli for governor. But remember what happened. The reporting on that on that election in New Jersey, it was a flawed reporting. Was it was it just a coincidence? But Republicans felt, you know, they kind of lost hope and a lot of people just sat home and didn't vote. And then we saw how close that election came. So all I'm going to say to you is no matter what, get out and vote, encourage everybody to vote. And uh, we talked yesterday, as I told you yesterday, about that huge SCOTUS Supreme Court ruling. We'll talk about that moving forward this morning. And it's a, a ruling that impacts Pennsylvania and whether or not those mail-in ballots that are undated and are problematic, whether they get counted. So I told you yesterday that, in fact, that ruling came down, that no, you, you cannot count them. The law is the law. And if there's a problem with a ballot, such as you know, no signature and or no no date on it, it's not properly postmarked, then no, if it was just stuck, stuck in a whatever, one of those drop boxes, no, it doesn't count. However, there's reaction to that that I'll update you on as well. And moving forward, there's so much health news. There's economic news coming in. There's so much to talk about this morning. I want to hear from you. 855-839-1210 is the number to call. I'm Dawn Stensland. You can find me. I'm Dawn Stensland Menti. So yes, I have two Twitter accounts, but I generally use the one that says at Dawn Stensland. So reach out, call, tweet, and we'll have some fun later on too with some fun stories. This is the Dawn Show. We'll be right Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
So President Joe Biden admitting last night there is a possibility of a what he called slight recession while reiterating that he does not think there will be one at all in the U.S. Huh? So that's one headline. I will tell you as well that we we do have some some good news, some hopeful news before I get to a, a major CEO who's talking about the R word. And this is this morning that wholesale inflation accelerated in September last month after two straight months of those falling prices for producers' goods and services. This is according to the latest data just released this morning by the Labor Department. So this is the PPI, the Producer Price Index. It tracks the prices producers charge for their goods and services. So that rose, you know, four-tenths of a percent in September last month. Economists expected a much smaller increase in producer prices last month. But let's look at the total for the year because we're all seeing it and feeling it. I've got these growing teenage boys. Man, we cannot keep eggs in our house. So the producer prices are up, by the way, 8.5% on the year, but that's down slightly from that 8.7% inflation rate in August. And so, you know, I'm always looking for a little bit of a, a little sliver of hope here. Um, but, you know, we're still way up there. And that's, you know, we're looking at these volatile areas of our economy, right? Um, the producer price inflation rebounded last month as gas prices stabilized near the current levels. But now we're going to see gas prices go up. And that's why we've seen that the Biden administration is now threatening uh, the Saudis because they're they're not happy with them. And so they're saying, OK, you want to you want to play around and you want to raise the prices, then uh, we're going to stop, you know, selling you arms and we're going to and we're going to make life a little difficult for you, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about that moving forward and try to put it all in perspective and reminding you and all of us, of course, that we have enough right here in America. We don't have to turn to the Saudis. But if we start, you know, investing in things like drilling or fracking, then that upsets the apple cart with progressives who believe in, you know, green energy rather than dealing with the urgency of our economic troubles right now. So the Labor Department pinning much of the September increase in producer inflation on rising prices for services and food. Producers charged 15.7% more last month for both fresh and shelf-stable vegetables, as they say. And we're seeing the fuel prices rising. Like I told you, prices for diesel fuel, natural gas, eggs, and pork also rising. So a sharp increase in costs for travel services also pushed wholesale inflation higher last month, even as prices for non-energy and food-related goods were pretty flat last month. So I'm looking at, I'm sorry for all the numbers, but I always want to update you when this when this comes out. This is just breaking this morning. As you know, high inflation already weighing heavily on our economy and also on President Joe Biden's approval ratings. So this is posing a major threat for Democrats as they attempt to retain control of the House and Senate in the upcoming midterm elections. So, oh, the stubborn inflation, right? And the measures taken by the Federal Reserve to fight it pose the deeper risks to both the economy and 
the president's political standing. Yes, so I'm just trying to bring it all together for you, for sure. Let's listen in. This is uh, CEO Jamie Dimon, and he's speaking out on one of the financials at CNBC. I think I sent sent you this from CNBC. Anthony, can you play uh, Jamie Dimon? Yep, thanks. I think you got to put two things in mind here. Currently, right now, the U.S. economy is actually still doing well. Consumers have money. You know, fiscal stimulus, they still have more than they had before. They're spending 10% more than last year, 35% more than pre-COVID. Their balance sheets are in great shape. Yes, debt's gone up a little bit, but not nearly to pre-COVID levels. And therefore, even if we go into recession, they're going to be in much better shape than 08 and 09. Companies are in good shape. Credit's very good. Uh, markets are still open, though, rocky and stuff like that. But you, gotta, you, you can't talk about the economy without talking about the stuff in the future. And this is serious stuff, okay? This is inflation, which obviously is, you know, changing the effect of those numbers I just told you about. It's rates going up more than people expected already and probably a little bit more from here. It's QT, which we've never had before. Uh, so therefore, the unknown effects, and you see it today in bond markets around the world and sovereign markets and people selling U.S. Treasury debt, and it's the war. And these are very, very serious things, which I think are likely to push the U.S. Uh, and you know, the world. I mean, Europe is already in a recession, and they're likely to put U.S. in some kind of recession six, nine months from now. If we do see the U.S. go into recession, how severe do you expect it to be and how long do you expect it could last? Yeah, well, this is the thing no one ever really knows, right? You do have a strong consumer going into it. Businesses are in pretty good shape, but they were amazingly resilient during COVID. You know, even the ones that, that had no government support and stuff, stuff like that. And I think governments did do a hell of a job getting their thing to recover. So we don't know. I mean, you, you have, now you have to look at the range of outcomes. It can go from, you know, very mild to quite hard. And, and a lot will, you know, rely on what happens to this war. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, to guess is hard, be prepared. And, 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 but the one guarantee, which we've been consistent about, is volatile markets. You're going to have volatile markets. You've already seen markets down quite a bit. No IPOs, very little high yield. Bridge loans being hung and stuff like that, which is pretty typical, but it's still been orderly. I think it's possible you can see it be disorderly sometime in not not too near future. Okay, so that's the latest from J.P. Morgan Chase Bank CEO Jamie Dimon, and this is the largest U.S. investment bank. So you know when he when he says something like this that we we are facing a very, very serious mix of headwinds, everybody listens to this. And um, Diamond pointing out to the, the effects of runaway inflation, sharp interest rates rising as, yes, Russia's war in Ukraine goes on. But he, he did offer that glimmer of hope saying, well, we're, we're still doing pretty well. But now he says it's imminent. I think it was a week or two ago he had said, maybe we'll see this in early 2023. So nobody knows for sure, but he's saying what what you've heard me say, what uh, you've heard me do in all of our great experts, talking about the fact that the U.S. Federal Reserve just waited too long and did too little too late, right? As inflation jumped to a 40-year high over the past 18 months. So Diamond saying that the central bank, which has raised rates five times so far, is clearly catching up. So he's trying to be a little diplomatic as, as you hear him carefully navigate through this. But I thought you would want to hear the latest as he's on CNBC. And again, this is a primarily a lot of the networks where he speaks out, certainly not right-leaning information, but we've known for quite some time that we, we, are, we 
already are in a recession or we're on the verge of being in a recession. So we need to bounce back. But that's the latest from um, CEO Jamie Dimon. All right. We're going to continue shortly. But I do want to tell you about uh, what's going on. And as well, let me let me take a quick break. I have a developing story I'm following for you. Be right back. So as I referenced, President Joe Biden speaking out, talking about Russia as we send Ukraine more help. We'll talk about that in a moment. Listen in as uh, President Joe Biden talks about Putin, Putin. Let's listen in. Do you think Putin is a rational actor? I think he is a rational actor who's miscalculated significantly. I think he thought, uh, you you may recall, I pointed out that they were going to invade, that all those 100,000 or more troops there, and no one believed that he was going to invade Ukraine. You listen to what he says. If you listen to the speech he made after when that decision was being made, he talked about uh, the whole idea of he was needed to be the leader of Russia that united all the Russian speakers. I mean, it just I, I just think it's irrational. So if, if he's not rational and... No, I didn't say he's not rational. You said the speech is what I think rational. I think the speech, is, okay. his objectives were not rational. I think he thought, Jake, I think he thought he's going to be welcome with open arms, that this, was, this has been the, the home of Mother Russia and Kiev, and, and he was going to be welcomed. And I, I think he just totally miscalculated. Okay, so, by the way, this is a huge interview for CNN's Jake Tapper, this is, who's from here? Jake Tapper grew up in this area, as, as you probably know, which is in part why Biden probably likes him because, you know, Biden being in, in Delaware would, you know, love somebody who's from this area as well. But CNN's Jake Tapper just took over that nine o'clock slot, uh, which uh, it was failing with Don Lemon there, who's Don Lemon formerly here in Philadelphia so this was an interview that was a huge interview, and a lot of news is coming out of it. Just an hour ago, Forbes headline, President Biden tells CNN's Jake Tapper, I believe I can beat Donald Trump. Then there are other headlines this morning. Biden addresses possible criminal charges against Hunter Biden. Another headline, Biden sends a careful but chilling new nuclear message to Putin during CNN interview with Jake Tapper. So this is a huge interview for Jake Tapper that he got this and he's now generating all of this news during this sit down interview that aired last night on Tapper's first show in that 9 p.m. slot. So absolutely huge um, that it's also a statement to me that CNN truly wants these kinds of groundbreaking, you know, news breaking interviews where they want to return to hard news. Now, Biden has given far fewer interviews than his six most recent predecessors, as you well know, including fewer than half as many, if we go back even to Ronald Reagan, if you look through. So uh, Biden's, um, you know, look at all the interviews that he's done comparing to Reagan, whether it was the Bushes, Bill Clinton. He doesn't give many of these interviews. This was this is a huge interview showing something about CNN and from a media perspective, I'm glad to see this. And it's a no, there were no deals cut that I know of. This is a, a very you know, forthright, straightforward interview between Jake Tapper as well as President Joe Biden. 
So do we? Ha- do you have more sound from this, or we we can wait for it if we don't have it yet, Anthony? But do you have? I know that he talked about, for example, the recession word. Listen in. The economy remains top top of mind for voters. J.P. Morgan Chase CEO said the U.S. is likely to enter a recession in the next nine months. Bank of America says the U.S. could start losing 175,000 jobs a month. Gas prices are on the rise again. Should the American people prepare for a recession? No. Look, they've been saying this now how every, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down the next six months and see what's going to happen. It hadn't happened yet. It hadn't. There, there, has, there is no, there's no guarantee that there's going to be a recession. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. We'll, look, think about what's happened. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world, economically and politically. We, are, we still have real problems. But we, look, look, what we've, look what we got done. We, we, we passed so much legislation that significantly makes a, makes a point about, you know, for example, the American Rescue Plan, the, the legislation to deal with inflation, um, the, the Inflation Act. We moved along. I mean, there's so much that's been accomplished that the idea that there's uh, something, there's an automaticity to recession is just not, is just not there. They keep, they've been predicting this off and on for the last... But you just said that a slight recession is possible. It, it is possible. Look, it's possible. I don't anticipate it. But I do think, look, we talk about the impact on families. The families are, they have reason to be concerned about energy prices. They have reason to be concerned about a whole range of issues. But look what we've done. We've been able to, the Inflation Reduction Act, there's more, look, I, I know I always quoted my dad, but my dad used to say, what, what, is there any breathing room for a middle class family? And the breathing room is after all the bills are paid at the end of the month, they have anything left. And there's more than one way to bring down the cost, monthly cost for, for people who in fact are struggling to make sure they have end, the ends meet and they have enough money. And that's what we've done with the Inflation Reduction Act. Look, we've reduced drug prices. So he gets that in there. But Jake Tapper, you know, is a good listener and a good interviewer and certainly a, a hard news person. So I have I have hope for this. Now, I know Dom, my friend Dom Giordano, who will be here at noon for you. Uh, Dom knows Jake. Maybe Dom will score another interview with Jake Tapper. And that would that would be interesting because they've known each other for many years. And this is how CNN is going. I think they're going in the right direction to ask the tough questions, to get the big interviews. And Jake Tapper there in the map room uh, interviewing President Joe Biden, making news. A lot of news came out of this. And so we get some insight that we have not been able to, to you know, glean from these lack of interviews and certainly from KJP, Corinne uh, Jean-Pierre, but for him to say, nope, a slight recession's possible. He's still hopeful. So he's, at the same time, that's why I talked about earlier in, in this show, this, what's at stake? As we look at the economy, we look at what's happening with gas prices rising right before, weeks before an all-important midterm election. There's so much at stake. And Joe Biden during this interview also saying there, there will be consequences for Saudi Arabia after it partnered with Moscow to announce a cut in oil production, a move that um, will and is causing gas prices to increase just before the November 
midterm elections approach. I'll point out there are other things we could do. We could tap into our own reserves here in the United States of America because we have a lot of reserves. (laughs) We have a lot of other options. And I explained that earlier. But there is so much stake at stake, not just the elections, but on a personal level, not just the balance of power in Congress, but on a personal level, Republicans have said, have said full, full out, hey, when we get control, we're holding hearings and we're going to hold the Biden family and Hunter Biden accountable. So on a very personal level, as a father, President Joe Biden has a whole lot to lose and it's more than political. Yes, it is personal. So keep that in mind as well. Oh, I have so much more. We have incredible health news with this Florida Surgeon General. I had sent earlier this morning, I had sent you know everybody an email talking about what's happening in Florida. I sent it to my friend Nick Kale and Greg Stocker and Anthony and Rick Zioli. Look at what news is coming out of a study in Florida. And now their Surgeon General is not recommending COVID vaccines or boosters for some men of some ages. So you're going to hear from Florida Surgeon General. That's upcoming. I think we'll do that in the 11 a.m. hour. And then also coming up at 11 a.m., a new pill that could reverse aging. I mean, you know me at Forever 39. I always want to defy defy it all, baby. But uh, the baseball playoffs are here. I want to talk about the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app which always has you covered for the baseball postseason, among other things. Bet Parks is everything you want in that digital casino and sports book. And you know I love Parks, P-A-R-X. We have the great comedy nights with my friend Joe Conklin. We've really got uh, so much fun at Parks. They're local, local employer, and that's important to me too. And um, so join Bet Parks with me now. Bet College Football, Penn State is back after a bye week. Pro Football, yeah, baby, we're home against Dallas this Sunday. It's going to be awesome. You can bet the birds every single week. I think we're still a five-point favorite for this weekend's game. New users, you get up to $750 in Sportsbook bonus bucks back if your first bet is not a winner. Betparks.com has all the details for you. Sportsbook and Casino all in one amazing app. And bet on more than the score. You can bet those individual player performances like who scores touchdowns, so if you're not an expert in sports like like me, I mean, I love football and I love my boys and football and all that good stuff. I'm not an expert. I have a blast and I love when I win. So um, Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app, odd slots, bets and games all come together right in your own pocket. So join me with Bet Parks right now. You got to be 21 in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Covering all the latest Russia's war in Ukraine. There's so much happening and many say that it's at a turning point with rapid ex- escalation of conflict. China expressing concern on Ukraine after the Russian missile strikes that I've been reporting this week. And we'll talk about that moving forward and the support that the USA is sending. Yes, more support and more weapons. But let's listen in now as I talked about what's at stake for President Joe Biden. On a personal level, listen as Jake Tapper in that exclusive CNN interview, Jake Tapper questioning him about Hunter Biden. Our reporting, CNN's reporting and the Washington Post reporting suggests the prosecutors think they could, they have enough to charge your son Hunter uh, for tax crimes and a false statement about a gun purchase. Um, Personally and politically, 
Um, how do you react to that? Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm proud of my son. This is a kid who got, uh, not a kid, he's a grown man. He got uh, hooked on, uh, uh, like many families have had happen, hooked on drugs. Uh, he's overcome that. He's established a new life. He is, um, uh, I'm confident that he is, what he says and does are consistent with what happens. Um, and, uh, for example, he wrote a book about his problems and was straightforward about it. I'm proud of him. He came along and said, by the way, this thing about a gun, I didn't know anything about it, but turns out that when he made an application to purchase a, a gun, what happened was he said, I guess you get asked, I don't guess, you get asked the question, are you on drugs, you use drugs? He said no. And he wrote about saying no in right. his book. So I, 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 I have great confidence in my son. I love him. And uh, he's on a straight and narrow, and he has been for a couple of years now. And I'm just so proud of him. Um, you're about to turn 80 next month. Happy birthday ahead of time. <laughs> Whenever anyone raises concerns about your age, you're the oldest president in the history of the United States, you always say, watch me. Voters have been watching you. Democratic voters approve of the job you're doing. Democratic voters uh, overwhelmingly like you. Um, but one poll shows that almost two-thirds of Democratic voters want a new nominee in 2024, and the top reason they gave was your age. So what's your message to Democrats who like you, who like what you've done, but are concerned about your age and the demands of the job? Well, they're concerned about whether or not I can get anything done. Look what I've gotten done. Name me a president in recent history that's gotten as much done as I have in the first two years. So... Jake Tapper listening in, letting him say what he's saying, and it's making news this morning. We have, I'm checking out what the uh, you know Department of State, what they've been, their latest press releases that they've um, been putting out there and their latest tweets and so on. So Secretary Antony Blinken saying the U.S. is taking action to sanction those involved in repressing women and girls in Afghanistan. We continue to press the Taliban and others to respect the human rights and fundamental freedoms, including the right to education of all Afghans, including women and girls. So talking about responding to something I've certainly talked a lot about with regard to the disaster and the disastrous way we withdrew from Afghanistan. But another statement just updated uh, just moments ago this morning by Antony Blinken, Secretary of State. We will continue to act with our allies and partners in imposing costs on Russia if it continues its war of choice, speaking about its attacks on Ukraine. So we continue to follow all of this for you. There's so much happening on a global level as well as nationally in politics. You'll hear more from, uh, from Tulsi, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, as she's speaking out, as she, she was talking to Tucker in talking about anti-freedom Dems. We'll talk about that moving forward. I have a ton of health news that you want to stay tuned and listen to the latest that's happening right now in Florida. And this is making the liberal media crazy because of what Florida is saying, just putting out studies and putting out information and not recommending COVID vaccines for certain men or boys. And I'll tell you all about that. And I'm a mom of boys, as you know. So, you know, this one uh, hits close to home. Oh, my goodness. There's so much happening with regard to health news as well. The economy, Amazon, we've got it all covered for you for sure. But I want to talk about when we say there's no place like home. And for me, when I think about the Chapman family team and what a great job they do, such a beautiful job. 
And oh, our, our patio doors are gorgeous. This time of year, I love the way they just slide open. And the glass is so clear and beautiful. And then the screens, you don't even see them. So poor Buddy, you know, he's 14, our dog. So sometimes he'll, he'll just luckily walk slowly and he'll kind of bounce his head a little bit on the screen. But it's, it's beautiful as they've done such a great job in our foyer that we can just walk right out into the patio. They did. It looks like a custom installation. It really is when you think about bringing the outdoors in with ChapmanWindowsDoors.com. But the Chapman family team, I'm talking about meticulous work. Two brothers. I think this is so cool because I have two boys. You know what I say? I hope that they're like Mike and Mark Chapman when they grow up. They're so close and their families have grown and now their kids are you know out of college. So now the kids are taking over the family business a little bit working within the family business and just a beautiful family and they're listening right now. So I know that uh, they appreciate what I'm saying about them, but I mean it truly just good people that you trust in your home. That's important too, but you can always just check them out. Chapmanwindowsdoors.com. Take a virtual tour, but they started in the business nearly 30 years ago, still going strong, opening that second design center on the main line in Wayne, but the original one's still in uh, Westchester. So check them out, chapmanwindowsdoors.com. I can't say enough about them. Please let them know Dawn sent you. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 